You're listening to the Rebel Scum Podcast. You are always scum. Rebel Scum. From odds making to list rankings, we've got you covered. And don't forget to join us on Patreon for early access and exclusive content. Here are your hosts, Brock and James. James. Have you seen the clip of Robert Rodriguez jamming out with Baby Yoda because the internet has? <laughs> yeah, I saw that before I saw that new episode of Gallery. Yeah, um, let's just remember this moment next time they say that Star Wars is dying and it's just like... No, it's dead, clip. Brock. Star Wars is dead. It's dead and dying. It's in its grave and it's haunting us every December 25th uh, till we become nice people. Like, how can a clip like that become viral from a documentary show about the Mandalorian? Granted, it's one of the best Star Wars things to come out in the last decade, but like, come on. Come on. <laughs> I can tell you why. Why? Well, I'm not going to, but I could. If I told you, that would give away the secret of Mr. Robert Rodriguez executive producer of the Boba Fett show, a.k.a. Book of Fett. No, I agree. I, You know, it's, you know, if Star Wars was dead, you know, if, if The Last Jedi finished it off like so many people believe it did, <clears throat> then the excitement for Rise of Skywalker wouldn't have been there last year. And if the Rise <laughs> of Skywalker killed it off like so many people think it did, I don't think the excitement for High Republic and then the onslaught of of uh shows and movies that they announced would be there as well and uh so i i'm with you i don't think star wars is dead it clearly can't die anyway i think i i will say um i think when the disney acquisition happened i think they they did try to go to that well too quickly and too often those five movies in five years proved to be a bit much i, I mean I, I enjoyed it i know you enjoyed it but i think i think that i think get putting they put the cart before the horse is what i will say is they were like we're gonna do all this but they didn't actually have that plan so i think they were kind of exhausting it whereas now when they say we have 10 shows we're like well yeah because ahsoka and new rangers and new like we see what's happening here instead of just that spinoff and then so uh but yeah it, it died a horrible death R.I.P. This is the Rebel Scum Podcast. <laughs> Happy New Year! This is what we call a cold open. <laughs> uh, I'm Brock. This is James. And uh, we, we, also... got, we got someone else with us today, too. You can't see and him until he's there. He stuck, is. There he stuck go. with me. By the way, is it me? Is it just me? Or is Robert Rodriguez like, if you put him right next to Michael Madsen and switch them around really fast. I wouldn't know which one was cheap. Like, and they I both hang out with Tarantino too, so that makes it even harder to figure out. They've never been in the same room as each other. By the way, Andrew, we yeah. got it for those listening. You can't see, but for those watching, you know, say Andrew is doing his best to to morph himself into becoming George Lucas. That is what's happening. He's got the plaid, the beard. He is slowly becoming George Lucas. Well, you guys haven't seen George Lucas and me in the same room either. Oh, wait, you have. Yeah, so. Yes, I was. we were both there. <laughs> that fails on all accounts. Brock, how was your – it's the week after Christmas. How was your Christmas? It was fine, you know. COVID. 
So yeah, COVID. So you went out. Uh, you did the four on. Christmases thing where you just went to like every party yeah. you could find, on, and not anyone yeah. you knew. You went to strangers' par- Christmas parties. Yeah, and Vince Vaughn talked me into it, and it was great. Um, no, no, I saw my family. I saw WGR's family. So, <laughs> what else can you ask for? <laughs> it was, was good Christmas. times. Lots of food. How was oh. your Christmas? Mine was great. Uh, lots of food as well. Andrew, yours? Mine was pretty good. It was just low-key, just me and my mom here at our place. Um, we didn't want to do a big family thing because we wanted to be responsible and not yeah. uh, spread uh, the love, so to speak. So I had a Zoom meeting. I scheduled a Zoom thing. <laughs> a Zoom meeting. <laughs> yeah. We're here to discuss Christmas. <laughs> but does Santa squeeze uh, his butt down your chimney? Did, he, did Santa make his he way to you? His fat, white bad, his fat white butt down my chimney, and I had the half, half, happiest Christmas since Bing Crosby tap dance with Danny F and K. Amazing. Uh, and it was it was very, very nice Christmas. Uh, I actually, I just, I felt I should bring this up. Uh, right before we started recording, I got a bunch of WhatsApp messages from my friend Chris. Uh, and Chris is like, somebody please tell me what order to watch star wars in because i've never seen them and i want to know what the fuss is about and it turned into this whole thing i don't i hate getting nudged by my phone i hate notifications so i have them all turned off so literally what happened in this whatsapp group is you have three of my friends who are either casual star wars fans or who don't care about star wars at all talking about i think this is the right order and every once in a while they're like andrew what's the right order and like after like four hours i'm like oh sorry guys you saw this now so, I, I brought, Brock, I don't know if you're into. I want to know what order you you meant you said it in, Andrew. Yeah, Chris, you better watch this. We're trying to answer your question. <laughs> I'll say it like I say with everything else. You watch in alphabetical order. <laughs> oh, there you go. So, be, what would that be? Well, the, okay. Does the uh, count as the, or okay. do we skip the? Yeah, the the and uh do not yes, count. Yes, yes, correct. With N. Uh, yeah. Um, so Attack of the Clones would be first, and you know you. Oh, start Attack of the Clones! There you go. That's not a bad way to start it. Because no, if you hate it, then it's out of the way right away, and if you love it, you're <laughs> off with a bang. So really, you can't go wrong with Attack of the Clones first. And I think the next one is Empire. So yeah, you're solid. Oh, those oh you're starting really it's, strong. It's all downhill from here. <laughs> and then Force Awakens. It's too bad if you couldn't get like the dismal ones like in a row, like Attack and Empire, and then Last Jedi. That'd be kind of cool. That'd be an inter- interesting watch. Rise of Skywalker is still last. Yeah. <laughs> How about that? See what happens. There you go. Um, well, that's good because you don't want that to be anywhere but last. Uh, but well, I guess you know. But um, oh, January first, ranking Star Wars, the definitive ranking list. We will be doing it. You can't argue with it. It's facts for a whole year. Whatever we say goes. And everybody will be very pleased with the rankings. Yeah, they better be. Uh, well, they'll be pleased with most of the rankings. Yeah, you know um, what? They're just for fun. It, uh, <laughs> it's, <yeah. laughs> no one cares. If, if, you go, if you go to a random Canadian Star Wars podcast and be like, your ranking is awful and you should feel bad, then you're looking but in the there wrong is, place dude. There, there were 60 lists combined for this one though 60 lists yeah that's a combined. lot so it was a, it was a lot of fun uh but yeah christmas came and went which is always a good time we were on boxing day which is december 26th here in the great white north we did um me and my family watched gallery the gallery show 
with uh, with Robert Rodriguez, obviously, and my dad the entire time said, "That's John Favreau. That's who he is." I didn't know that was John Favreau. <laughs> Every time he came on the screen, and if you've seen it, he's on the screen a lot of the time, and so I heard that a lot on the on 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 that day. So anyway, John Favreau is uh, the actor John Favreau that he didn't know was also a director. Uh, even though he watched the gallery last year and he said the same thing last year, which my mom reminded him of every time he said it. So there was a lot of talking over. So I do have to see it again. <laughs> so, I don't, so I understand what's going on. But what did you guys make of uh, gallery? Uh, I don't know. If that, they say that's a special. I don't know if that's the only one we're getting. They didn't, they didn't get into Luke at all. So I'm guessing there's one coming out this Friday. But what did you guys make of that uh, gallery episode? I liked it. It felt like a one of the documentaries that would be mm-hmm. on the dvd but i think i liked the first seasons way better because it was just every episode got its own deep dive this kind of felt like uh like it was just going through every episode and we got a lot of stuff for every episode it was a nice big like one hour plus thing but i want really i want those like george lucas peter jackson video diaries brock yeah, no, I agree. Like, I was just like, it felt longer than the normal episodes used to be. So I was like, whoa, we're yeah. still, we're still going. Um, I liked it though. If it is a one and done, it wasn't terrible. But yeah, I agree. Like, there's too much, there's too much they didn't cover that would be, uh, it'd be strange not to talk about it. So, um, I can't remember. There was one thing that like stood out for me that I was like, "Oh, that was the volume or something like that." But anyways, well, Rodriguez, oh, you asked if they were on yes. location, yeah? And they were right, yeah, like first time ever, um, yeah. So like, because we were like, "Is that the volume or is that real?" I mean, that's how good it's gotten. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, but I enjoyed it, and I hope there's more. It was nice to watch. Um, I, yeah. I think part of the reason why they can't do more, because this hit me like halfway through. I was like, oh, they're not doing the roundtable stuff. I'm like, oh, COVID. And then you can see as they're, like, as they're shooting, people start wearing masks. Like, yes. Wearing masks. Oh, thank yeah. you for bringing that up. Because yeah. I was like, I had to look up, like, when did they finish shooting? Which said March, but like, who knows I think it was, how accurate that is. I thought they finished mm-hmm. like right before COVID exploded. Like they were good. Yeah, so and you can yeah. kind of see that because some people are masked, some aren't. It's like yeah. very like, yeah. it was very yeah. much how it was at the beginning, right? Where it's wishy-washy on who has it, who doesn't. Yeah, it was trippy. It was trippy because it's like, I mean, yeah, the outbreak hadn't happened yet yet in like North America or was it just about to happen? Um, but you're like, yeah, COVID was happening at the time. So uh, is every is the Mandalorian completely shot in the in the states? Like the volumes in the states, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, I think it is, and I think the Cassian show and Obi Wan are going to England. But I believe, right. yes, I believe Wait. it's in the, it's all in the states. I think you're right. That's going to be in the UK, uh, Cassian and Obi Wan. But weren't weren't they just shooting Cassian well, in Boston or something? Yeah, no, no, no. That was so. It was like it was Massachusetts, England, or something. Right. Oh, it was sorry. it was confused. I think people got confused and it ended up being one. But I think this I don't know. They still might be doing some here. I'm not I'm not sure uh, how it works. Well, I mean, I just watched Shazam earlier and they shot a lot of it in Philadelphia, but then they were in Toronto for like this and that and somewhere else I think too. So, you know, they do it all the time on the movies. I'm sure it works the same with these shows. Um, and pickup shots and are going to be super easy. Or more new ones, right? I think one in Australia, one in England. 
the new um what are they what call in it? volumes i'm not shooting there but they're building the new uh, volume elements uh, the volume yeah i think because they, they said they're building four more i think one of them's in australia or okay. am i just remembering that wrong i don't rem i don't even remember where i would have heard that at the um, the investor expo she oh said, Kathleen fun story i didn't watch that ah. <laughs> <laughs> i just read i read after and i got andrew and andrew you and yeah. uh rob were texting me with something cool would be announced I'm not an investor, so I just I didn't do it. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. But yeah, they're building four more volumes, apparently. Oh, wow, they're working, man. That's they're the future of, yeah. of filmmaking. They're doing Thor, God of of Love and uh, Rock Lobster, or whatever it is. <laughs> they're doing that movie in front of the 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 thing as well. So, have you guys seen it's, Wonder uh, Woman 1977, whatever it's called? Have you guys seen the second Wonder Woman yet? Yes, no. and I definitely paid for it. <laughs> Did you like it? Um, and the yes, reason I'm asking is but... because of Patty Jenkins' Star Wars connection. See, that's the thing. It's like, what is Patty Jenkins known for besides Wonder Wonder Woman? I looked it up. It was Monster. It was like her big breakout hit. Correct. Did, You're more of a film guy. Yeah, but she did like Game of Thrones, though. That was what did it, right? Was she on Game of Thrones? Wait, what did Patty really? Jenkins do? I thought she did something. Hold on. Oh, I'm probably because I was trying to figure that out myself. She did something. Uh, while you look that up, I didn't watch Wonder Woman because, uh, yeah, we got screwed over in Canada like we usually do, where <laughs> even though we pay for Crave HBO. No, still... no, no, no. I understand what you're saying, and you're not wrong, yeah. but you got to remember HBO Max didn't make this movie. Warner Brothers made the movie and is trying to recoup their losses, so it put it on their streaming thing. I, I know it is frustrating because we will get the Snyder cut. She like, directed, yeah, Arrested Development. <laughs> wow. So, but yeah, it is a bummer. But like every every like every like I know like Google Play had it, Apple TV or whatever yeah, it's called now. It. Like you can get it anywhere. Um, I will say at some point, I'm sure it'll be in theaters. Like normally, I will go see it again. Uh, um, but yeah, I was like Patty Jenkins. I was just sort of like, yeah, the so first she, movie was good. She did Game of Thrones. It was mm -hmm. definitely Monster, then Rest Development, Entourage. Uh, she did The Killing, oh. which Aaron was two episodes of The Killing, which Aaron was a huge fan of. Gotcha. Uh, I am the Knight, which I haven't seen, but I actually really want to see that show. Yeah, I think I had her confused with Catherine Bigelow for a hot second. Um, I but it's I think not I... like. But sorry, go ahead. No, sorry. I thought she did Game of Thrones because I'm pretty. Sure I thought that um, there was that mm. period of time when every director that was being hired was from Game of Thrones, and I thought she. Was that. <laughs> <laughs> um. So to not like spoil anything for you, uh, I liked it, but I'm I'm conflicted of like of my true thoughts of it once you guys do watch it like is it because we had to wait so long that we were desiring this movie that it was like you couldn't go to the theaters and see it and also would my opinion change if i had seen it in theaters uh i enjoyed it is it the best i don't think so but it's a movie i will say this in to bring to bring love back to patty jenkins she does action a real good in this one like there were many times when I was watching this with Reham and we were like, 
wow, wow, wow. And that was just like the action scenes, right? Mm. So I I enjoyed the first Wonder Woman. I wasn't in love with it like a lot of people were. Um, but everyone knows I, 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 like, uh, I like a lot of the DC movies. But I really liked Wonder Woman. Um, mm-hmm. I was in love with it. I, I probably, I don't know if I would have seen this in the theater, not to be honest. I might have, I might not have. I, I will see it eventually, but I, there's nothing. I, I think I've said this about superhero movies before. I'm just like, uh, I don't know. And then I usually like them, <laughs> but I'm like, uh, I, I like it. I think I like to wait a little bit. And when I'm in the mood, I watch them and I really enjoy them. Cause if I'm not, I'm like, Oh, this again kind of thing but but i'm excited what you said about directing the action brock because i aquaman i was not into the directing of that action at all it, it i couldn't take it but anyway andrew what about you uh i think I, I remember really liking the first wonder woman and then when i watched it a couple of weeks ago to like prep myself for this i i liked it a little bit less i don't know i just felt kind yeah. of bland yeah. to me nothing against the movie itself was good Gal was great. Wonder Woman was great. It was just the story itself was just a very generic origin story that was, I, I think, the smaller screen kind of diminished a little bit because in the movie theater it was definitely a much bigger ordeal. Be like, yeah, all right, Wonder Woman, this rocks. Um, but I still really liked it, and I was really excited for 1984 because it looked cool. And uh, unlike Ares, I think Maxwell Lord and Cheetah make better villains. Uh, Ares was a pretty lame villain so i was really looking forward to seeing her go up against you know some threats and i don't know from what i heard of this movie it's mixed people just seem to think it's okay Uh, but uh, i'm looking forward to watching and i would have if it was free or not free but like part of the package that i already paid for yeah these movies are getting a little long that again will be my complaint about these actually i mean endgame can get away with it because it has mm-hmm. like it's the epic conclusion but like i liked aquaman but i was still like this movie was too long it's like, very it, convoluted it's just, yeah it goes on forever yeah i really enjoyed shazam the second time i saw it and, i told uh, you i didn't like it the first time and this time i was mm-hmm. like i was way more into it so i don't know how yeah. long it was either i will say wonder woman is a little too long so I, that's not the first time i've heard that I think you're right. You know what, though? I think you're yeah. right, and Andrew will disagree. But I think Endgame allowed itself to be 900 hours long, right? Like, it because it earned it over 10 years of movies and all these things adding up to this climax. Whereas Wonder Woman, it's like we've had one other Wonder Woman, and she was kind of in the, the other two movies. And it's like, it's this isn't an epic conclusion to anything. It's just, it's probably a middle chapter of a trilogy of hers. It should probably be eighty-seven minutes. No, but it it should it shouldn't be. It should be between two hours and like two twenty-five max is where a movie like this should be, in my opinion. And I haven't seen it, so I could look. Man, when I watch it, I might come in here and be like, "It should be longer." Ah, uh, let's return to the 90, 90 minute one oh. hour, like a uh, hundred minute one. You know, like I like if Mandalorian can do an epic. Uh, no, it's a TV show. If the Mandalorian can grab you in like forty minutes, the well storytelling is a lost art. That's what it's come down to. Is no one knows how to tell a story anymore. Do, do you like how we're on a podcast and audio medium, and I just you just don't really <laughs> say anything unless you're watching us on YouTube and seeing my 
crazy hand gestures. Which go off frame, so you can't uh, even see them. Yeah. <laughs> His arms flat. T-Public, take a snapshot of that. That's our next piece of merch right there. Imagine they were actually making t-shirts. Like, they were watching all the yeah, content were... and making the t-shirts. <laughs> Just click it and do it up. Uh, I might watch uh, Wonder Woman <laughs> soon. We'll see. Uh, if I get a $30 raise, I will watch Wonder Woman. At some point, but I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, I've, um, anyway, I was just asking because Patty Jenkins is obviously doing uh, Rogue Squadron, which nobody knows anything about. Mm-hmm. But she did say that uh, there is a writer attached, and they're very far in that process. And she didn't want to mention who the writer was because uh, they think she says that he deserves his own, like, uh, what's it called? Introduction or whatever. Announcement. So, Ernest Klein. <laughs> that came out of left field. He's done, he's done two movies. He's written two movies, right? And he says he's only written one because one was Fanboys. Can you imagine if you wrote this and it's like halfway through Rogue Squadron, Wedge turns to the others and he's like, this is just like that time in Alien 3. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you haven't even read uh, number two yet. What's it called? Player two. And you're, you're already like ripping it. <laughs> I'm ready for it. Bring no, it. but... He read Armada, so... (laughs) I read Armada. Less is more. Less is more. Back to Star Wars. Uh, Do you guys have any expectations of who will be writing this this, uh, movie? Rogue Squadron. I mean, we could put high hopes, but it doesn't really matter at this point because they could say anybody they want to, but until there's a trailer i don't believe anything right like it's and <laughs> it's 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 the movie business it's hollywood they like they can bring in multiple writers i would hope almost that most star wars scripts have get touched a bunch of times which i i don't know if that occurs like they seem to be pretty into i don't i don't know it's hard to say but like you know people get bring brought in for punch up so why can't they do that with star wars <laughs> well carrie fisher punched up the prequels uh, Andrew, any yeah. expectations? I think I think it's going to be somebody we're familiar with because I feel like if it's somebody who's not super well known, like if they're like the writer of Rogue Squadron is going to be one of the writers of Captain Marvel, be like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, like I think if that was the case, they just say that now. Uh, yeah. The fact that she's kind of making a thing of it means it's somebody where when we hear the name, it'll create an expectation right away. And I think that's what she wants to avoid is creating that expectation right away by just saying the name. So it's about making sure the name doesn't turn Rogue Squadron into something that it's not, especially this early on. I'm hoping that it's J.J. Abrams or Ryan Johnson. (laughs) Both. It's both. Oh, my God. But they, they but they don't meet. write it together. They don't write it together. One writes the first half, and the second one writes the second half. And <laughs> Ryan sits in a Starbucks yeah. in like Uptown Manhattan, <laughs> writes on a piece of paper, folds it into a plane, and then throws it down. And then like, <laughs> JJ Katz is like, oh. I but yeah, I don't know who they're gonna get, and I have no expectations for who it is. I just. Uh, yeah, you know, like I said, my whole thing with this with this movie and this announcement that throws me off is Rogue Squadron doesn't sound like a big giant sweeping epic that separates itself from what we're getting on Disney Plus, and that is what and I, and I trust that it will be, but I'm cur- That's what I'm more curious about in every front right now is how they get us there uh, to to that aspect. Because look, 
movie theaters uh for the time being are are on uh you know ventilators and uh they're having a hard time surviving and star wars and marvel are going to be the two things that are going to revive revive that industry big time and if people don't buy into Rogue Squadron, that is not going to help out the future of, of movie theaters. Which, by the way, Brock, I do want to, uh, when the world goes back to normal, we got to go see the new Wes Anderson movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let me, throw, uh, let me throw an odd at you guys. What are the odds Rogue Squadron is our first piece of post-Rise of Skywalker storyline? <sighs> um, I like it. I keep saying like we need to move away from the old stuff even though you throw in luke skywalker into mandalorian we're like yes please so i don't know i think at least with the movies and we need to move away from it because uh yeah like i don't know i'm yeah i'm with Uh, sorry go on no no go ahead no i'm with you i i like the moving on but i also like the I love what they're doing with Mandalorian because they have this 30 year pocket and it's on Disney plus and it's a smaller scale. I think though, to your point, when you get, when it's bigger and something more exciting, you've got to move past, you got to move past it. The prequels, it was allowed for the prequels because we only had three movies. There was only three things in star Wars that existed at that point. And I know the books, well, no, but they don't exist. It's just the movies. And then at, at, and I'm talking about story wise. So you have the original trilogy that can go back and do that and tell us the backstory of Anakin. But now I think, it doesn't work like that anymore, and I think uh, you've got to go forward. But I don't want them to go too far forward where they forget where they're coming from. I want I want it to still, you know, even if it's by a thread, be associated with with these characters and the events of what we've watched over the past forty uh, three years. I can do math. But you think the odds are good? It's going to be. 63 set after rise of skywalker yeah i think it's if it's the origin of rogue squadron i'm just like i don't care <laughs> i'll watch it and i'll probably it'll probably be my favorite movie but going into it i'll be like i don't care like i, guess, I don't know is i the only one that doesn't care about the origin of rogue squadron brock i know is your favorite i don't <laughs> i hate like a game but like i would play a game on the origin but i don't yeah I don't sure but like it should be the other way around. They should make the movie and then just make a new Rogue Squadron game. Yes. Um, I was reading something about someone who was like looking at all the logos from the uh, stockholders meeting. Uh, the big focus on Ahsoka's logo is like you know there's a lot, but they mentioned something about Rogue Squadron, and I was just looking it up. That it's like something in the logo reveals what time it is. But like oh, I'm looking X-Men at it right X-Men. now. Yeah, but like. Oh. X-Wings are still, they're like, uh, X-Wing, I, I, you know what I mean? But no, what is it? What, I've seen so, no, I've seen someone talk about it, and the X-Wing model from the sequel trilogies is a different model from the original trilogies, and somebody was able to look oh. at it, and I believe they deciphered that it is a model from the sequel trilogy, but it could just be a stock image <laughs> X-Wing that yeah, Disney yeah. had on file and threw in there. I don't know if they put that much thought into it or not. Uh, they might have. I mean, they should have, but... If, if they true. did, that's a beautiful way to reveal the timeline without outright saying it. I really, I never thought of that until you brought it up, Brock. But I'm like, yeah, that's that's Poe's Tie Fighter. That's like Poe's level of X-wing. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was reading. It's like they have made 
changes in each like generation of X-Wing. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. But I'm just like, I don't know. It just feels uh, too detailed. You know what I mean? Andrew, like, what, are, what are your I odds on? I guess it's focused on what I'm saying. <laughs> What's that, James? What would your odds be on it? Uh, set after rise, I'm going to, I'm going to go 55%. I think in the movies, they're still scared to move that far. I don't, I, which is, again, I don't understand it. It's just, you're telling, just tell the story in a linear fashion. Just keep going. Just mm-hmm. like they don't look, they could do this as episode 10, whatever you think of that. But they could do it in a way like this is Rogue Squadron is actually episode ten. You're like, okay, why? Because it has to do with after the events of it, and then they go in a different direction. They just continue the story. It's like, you know, it, it just. I, I think sometimes, like you're saying, they're afraid to do it. It's overthinking what they have, and the simplest solution is usually the one you should go with, which is just make a dang Star Wars movie. Yeah, it just sort of like in the argument of it being during like the rebellion. So the original trilogy is like, what story do you want to tell? I mean, perhaps we haven't seen enough of like the other parts of the rebellion. Like we only see what Luke and Leia and Han see. So (laughs) is there a story to be told about like wedge or anybody like wedge or Porkins? Like, do we need that story? And then why? Like, what What are they trying to tell? Like, the why theatrical. And, like, okay, yeah. so, Andrew, you might be able to answer this. Rogue Squadron is like, it's the squadron that Luke created. Is that accurate? In old legends, yeah, he made yeah. it after, after Yavin. Now, um, in the certain point of view of Empire Strikes Back book, they say, they bring up what actually, it's something like, I don't know who does it, but somebody's like to honor, you know, Jin or so and the crew of, right. of Rogue One, we're gonna make this squadron like in their honor. And um, those guys operate on Hoth, and I'm sure they did a whole bunch of stuff before Hoth, but that's sort of changed a bit where instead of Luke being like, I'm starting my own squadron and everybody like, yeah. you know, I'm I'm leading this crew, now it's like, let's give props to these people who got blown up because they saved everybody. Yeah, you know what? And it's just sort of like Rogue Squadron. It's like it's Squadron that goes rogue, right? Like so, it's like it feels like it's part of the rebellion, perhaps that breaks a rule. And when you think about it, Rogue One is they're like, we're not going to do that. It's like, well, we're going to go do that anyways. And then they just make up that name on the spot. So it's like perhaps that's a story that we can tell where like there's still this like uh. Uh, ability to not act with the rebellion so i don't know maybe that's it i don't know i'm i'm game for anything because i like x-wing fighters so (laughs) yes you do all right let's move on barry brophy our good friend patreon barry brophy wants us to pitch some series that we would like to see happen i would like to see rogue squadron (laughs) what would we like to see i would like to see so they They decide to break the rules. Break them um, up. This 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 fall on. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, James. Don't apologize to me. This is your show. Your name is <laughs> your name is on the best selling. Oh wait, where'd he have. go? 
Mm. Full Brock, is that the best-selling one? Uh, yeah, yeah was well, one. I guess. It's up there. It's definitely <laughs> up there. Everybody wants a full Brock in their life. All right, so let's start pitching some shows for Mr. Try Barry Brophy. Andrew, right. what do you got? Okay, Barry. All right. Um, so if we if it has to be a show, I think this will work. Um, so on Disney Plus, we've got a lot of love thrown around for saga characters, especially in this last few episodes of Mandalorian that we've seen. So I think that the best when Star Wars is at its best, particularly when Star Wars TV is at its best, is when it's taking characters who people liked, but people didn't feel got their justice in the movies. Because uh, the movies, as great as they are, are horrible at giving justice to characters. They just, there's not enough time. Uh, so the shows have done a great job of that. They give, they did that with Maul. They did that with Grievous. Um, they did that with somebody else who I'm totally blanking on right now, but I remember thinking of this example before the show. Uh, but they, they've done it before. And I think a good way to do it again is to take really current characters who a lot of people feel have not been given justice. I'm talking Finn, Ray, and Poe. You guys know how much I love my two guys, a girl, and a pizza place on Endor idea. Because those three are people like their friendship is something we got like a sliver of and then it was gone and what we got that little sliver of adventuring they go on in the rise of skywalker i'm like that i want to watch that i want to watch those three hang out we don't get nearly enough of that so i want a disney plus show that is let's say let's jump ahead let's say like 20 to 25 years after rise of skywalker so we recast them because I'm pretty sure all three of those actors are done. They've had their fill. It seems like all three of them have said, you know what? We've had enough of this. Yeah. So we recast them as their older selves. Um, and I think personally, here's a person who I was like, okay, if, if our leading person is Ray out of those three, right? Um, we want a person who can play Ray, who A, looks like her, and B, is a good actor. And has a sort of pedigree where if we hear her name in a casting list, we're like, oh, cool. This is going to be fun. I want to see her play right. And I think there's somebody who's already um, part of the Disney, not just the Disney family, but the Disney Plus family who fits that bill. So all she'd have to do is maybe go one studio over, go to the next uh, next door and start filming Ray when you're done with some of this other stuff you're doing on Disney Plus. I'm talking right here. Show me if you can, if you can see that. Captain America's girlfriend. That's a middle-aged Ray. <laughs> Boom. There you go. Yeah. I think she would be perfect. She looks just like her. And we can get the, the pieces of Ray that we missed out on and the pieces of Finn and Poe that we missed out on in the movies um, and have still have them be those characters without having to wait 30 years for our three actors to be like, yeah, maybe I'll take another paycheck. Because that's it shouldn't be about when the, when the actors are ready for the paycheck. It should be about when the characters are ready for their next story. And if you can get a good story, find somebody to fill those shoes, bump it up a few years. There you go. You got two guys, a girl, and a pizza place on Endor. 
Drop the mic. Brock, what do you got? <laughs> uh, I'm still pulling for an animated uh, version of whatever the mission or the journey that Luke and Lando go on that we get heard, hear mention of in uh, Rise of Skywalker. But as much as I hate Palpatine, I think it would be interesting to do a Krypton-like show where we get to find out as like where the I name Skywalker Palpatine. Uh, comes from. So it's like... And I'm not saying it's like they all have to be like something crazy, but you know what I mean? Like, like, where does that name come from? It could just, they could be anything like, and like, it's lost in time. Like perhaps they're Royals, perhaps they're, it's like a game of Thrones. And then the, the, the families get sent off whatever reason and what have you. I don't know. I think you could do a lot with that so that you can expand on it. And yet, not be bogged down by using those like the characters like we don't need to make a uh an older version of luke right like not luke himself but like his great great grandfather that's exactly the same character but like perhaps you could do something with that i don't know it's just what pops into my head because i you know, as much as i say i want new stuff i'm like well can we flesh out the old stuff i don't know. and maybe i'm just a little too excited for high republic <laughs> Well, that you know what that could be happening on the Acolyte show. You know, Palpatine, little baby mm. Palpatine could be appearing on that. Uh, who knows? Uh, no, I know what you mean though. I think when it comes to shows, it's your opportunity to flesh these things out more. I think movies, you know, you you proceed forward, you you make them the spectacles, and on TV you take it. And you know, what Mandalorian's doing right now, where they're bridging that gap between the original trilogy and <clears throat> the sequel trilogy. It's brilliant, and that's what uh, I think should continue to be done over there. I, I I think a young Palpatine rise to power. I mean, we saw him rise, but rise to um, dark side power. How old is GVP Andrew in the Phantom Menace? Oh God, I want to say real sixty. Age? I think in his in his early sixties. And is that his real <laughs> age? Oh yeah, I don't know. He's right? a big like, fat liar. Yeah, so like, and who knows? Is he, he actually? Like, he, he's actually from Naboo, right? Like that's yeah, yeah. But is he really from Naboo? Like, I think there is more to him uh, there. Look, tales from Dexter's Diner. How have they not done this yet in any capacity? <laughs> and you could just go there, and he could be like, "I have a story," and then he could tell you some random crap story about Star Wars. That would be fantastic. That might work better animated. I don't know, but I would totally be down for that. I told you guys when I got that book about legends books, it was just a book of like, here's all the legends books. There was a series that I didn't know existed called Coruscant Nights, where it was just film noir stuff about people on Coruscant living their life and stuff happened to them. And you can bet Texas Diner popped up once or twice in those. Of course where's, where's that book? You need more of that. We more Coruscant as well. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I would love to see just more on Coruscant, more what's going on. Um, it's weird that I'm going to say a bounty hunter show, but a prequel era version with Django Fett. I think that would, I mean, maybe there's too much now with Boba Fett getting a show, but, uh, I, I, I just, him, Zam Wessel, like that whole, you know, that era with bounty hunters is fun to watch. You know, maybe we get that. Maybe more about Camino would be interesting to me. I love the prequels, so I'm going to go anywhere <laughs> in the prequel era. Um, where else could... You know, there's just so much that I love. And maybe you get the definitive reason of why the Emperor switched from from droids to stormtroopers. 
And draw, oh, okay, I see what you mean. Well, no, you're right. The in terms of the timeline of the saga, the juiciest plum is still between Phantom and Clones. That's ten years mm -hmm. of like, what do we have in that ten years? One comic. Yep. One comic. There, do something. Do something. In there. And the thing, and you could cast. I mean, Ewan McGregor is difficult, but you could cast anyone as if you need Anakin and Obi Wan. Anyone as Anakin anyone because he'll be an age that he's not he hasn't been so he ha he's not jake lloyd he's not hannah christensen he's anyone and maybe he goes off on his own without obi-wan for a bit maybe you don't worry about those two maybe it's a kid fisto show which it should be you just you go off on those and there's yeah 10 years of stories gives you a lot of possibilities yeah look at what they've done i say this a million times but i still find it funny look at how much they've milked the three years between a new hope and empire they have milked those yeah, three yeah, I don't years get it. dry it's insane luke and leia were too busy in those three years <laughs> they were so busy they didn't even have time to become friends <laughs> like it's, <laughs> it's too much so you got 10 years here start milking milk away milk away brock you got anything Oh, uh, the easiest thing is to do a what if uh, Star Wars version, right? Like yeah. it's like, what if Leia grew up on Tatooine? What if Luke grew up on on, on what you call it, Alderaan? I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, it's it's just take it and flip it somehow, and you're like, oh yeah, it's like, what if they never that landed on Tatooine in Phantom Menace? Like, <laughs> mostly it's like. What would it be like if you lived on Tatooine for most of your life? <laughs> I think uh, when you read the novelization of uh, Last Jedi, that's one of the things that captures your imagination where like Luke has this dream, this force dream of like what would have happened if he never met Obi-Wan. Uh, and yeah, and I think they did that with, in comics as well. So it's just like, it's a no-brainer. Just do it. Just shoot it out. It can be animation, whatever. Um, Maybe yeah, they're waiting know. for Marvel to see what the Marvel numbers are. Yeah, true, true. I wanted to say like something to do with world between worlds, but basically I think that's what Ahsoka is going to be about. I can't think of anything else that really intrigues me outside of like, we got to have a problem in the universe and somebody's got to solve it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think when it comes uh, like, to TV, the thing that Mandalorian did well was it thought small. Yeah, true. Yeah, that was one of the like that whole thing about what's a, what is a Star Wars TV show before we saw that we had no idea what that was going to be. And they showed us that you can tell a good story without it being about, like right now the galaxy's okay in Mandalorian. There's no dictator to overthrow. There's no first order. There's no Snoke. There's no nothing. But you get stories out of it. You get villains. Yep. You get mean old villains. Uh, and you get enough drama that every week you're constantly like, I hope the good guys are all right. Uh, mostly I hope Grogu is all right, but you know how it goes. Uh, we we can do that. They've proven we can do that. So you can get these other stories now where there doesn't have to be a war to have a Star War. And I think that to bring it back to Rogue Squadron, I mean, like that's that's what's curious about that because if it's not set in the Skywalker saga, you can't really have a X-wing squadron without a war. So, if it's that's why too, I was like maybe not post Rise of Skywalker because otherwise, what war are they fighting? Why do you need a squadron? Mm -hmm. No, that's a good point. 
maybe it, I don't know. It's pro- it probably takes place right after A New Hope. The Death Star explodes, and they're like, and now here's what happened to that group of X-Wing pilots. That's the crawl, exactly what you just said. Maybe Porkins <laughs> is the main character, and it takes place before all that. Thank God. Maybe finally. it's just the Porkins show. Porkins. And Porkins is also writing it. That's why she didn't want to announce the writer just yet. Yeah. <laughs> All right, anything else you guys want to add before we get to odds? Just Haley Atwell, play Ray. Just want to She's see. like recently in the news. Is she like supposedly dating Johnny Depp because they're on a movie no, together? Tom or Cruise, like Mission Impossible. Sorry. Get your right. gossip right, Brock. I like to think Haley <laughs> Atwell has better taste. I couldn't remember which crazy actor it was. <laughs> um, that All being said. I do not side with Amber Heard. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, uh, let's go to Never Tell Me the Odds. Never Tell Me the Odds. Our odds are brought to us by Patreon. Patreon. Brock, do you have, we a have Patreon? Patreons? Uh, yeah, Andrew Fantasia, Andrew Fantasia, Andrew Fantasia. <laughs> I made a lot of fake email accounts just to send you guys money. You're welcome. <laughs> Sending a lot of box tops. <laughs> uh, where is it? Oh, come on. Never tell me the odds. Brought to you by Patreon.com. If you like what we do and we try our best, uh, support us on Patreon.com. Where uh, go to Patreon.com slash Podcast and you can check out all that juicy content we all make extra for the people that like us so much. And our Patreon, this uh, segment is brought to us by our current Patreons, Heidi Fetter, executive producer, Barry Brophy, who brought us the idea that we've just talked about, Dennis Allen, Mary Kristen Aton, Jeff Wilson, Phil Staniforth, Sooner Thrawn, Scott D, Josh Price, Matt W. Rez, Frank Perkins, Neil Lowry, D. Raven, Spencer, Gleek Play One, Automated Joy, Disney, Desi, Charlotte, Kayla Davis, Aaron Quinton, Jericho King, Girls with Sabres, and the Dan the Nerds. The Dan the Nerds. That's my song I wrote. It's a theme song. Does Josh have a theme song? If not, you just wrote it. Probably he does. Uh, okay, all right. our first odd is actually from executive producer Heidi Fetter. Heidi, thank you for this odd. Will Force Ghost Anakin appear in Ahsoka? Andrew, let's kick it over to you to start it. Damn, that is good. I think if Obi-Wan Kenobi, the show, comes out before Ahsoka, I'm going to say 77%. If it doesn't, I'm going to say... 13%. Brock? I'm going to go 0% because, like I said, I think Ahsoka's going to deal a lot with this world between worlds. So she's just going to go and talk to him. She's going to go to where... Anyways, maybe that's too complex. Uh, so if he's a force ghost, I'm going to go 60% because... Obi-Wan is a good place for him, but Ahsoka is even better. <laughs> and Dave Filoni is writing it and uh, will be the showrunner on Ahsoka. I think you got to. You know, if, if Obi-Wan comes out and people are underwhelmed or they hate Hayden Christensen once again, maybe you don't put him in there. But I think I think 
the universe has shifted in a way that even if Hayden Christensen comes out and proves that he has no acting ability whatsoever, he will be loved by everyone and uh, and he will uh, be embraced by all fans going forward regardless. So I think that's not a concern. Uh, I am going to go 87%. You got to put him in Ahsoka. You got to. And I'm biased because Anakin's like my favorite, so whatever. But you got to put uh, Anakin in, in in everything, and Ahsoka makes so much sense. And a scene between Ahsoka and Anakin would be and and Rosario Dawson and Hayden Christensen know each other; they're pals, so you know Hollywood friends, whatever that means. But you know, so it would be. I think it would be a good uh, a good moment to see. It might be the most emotional star one of them like a candidate for the most emotional star wars moment if they do it right because it's like ahsoka's arc since 2008 finally mm-hmm. concludes with talking to this guy and being like i forgive you or whatever she ends up saying to him so that might be you know in the in 2030 when we do our like top five emotional moments that we might put that somewhere near the top yeah uh andrew do you want to read the next one because it's actually yours <laughs> uh, yeah, it is mine. You're welcome. Uh, so the next one is... You're welcome. What are the odds that in the Ahsoka show, Barris Afi returns as a villain? Hmm. From what I read about her in that episode where we, spoilers, find out she was up to no good on Coruscant, uh, they were originally going to have her be killed off or something. Uh, during an escape, she tries to escape, she gets killed off, and Dave Filoni stops somebody and said, don't do that. I have other plans. Allegedly. Really? Allegedly. Oh, uh, that this just is everything. Yeah, this is Wikipedia, so God only knows, you know, <laughs> I, might, I might just be blowing smoke up everybody's rears, but uh, I think that Filoni is the kind of guy who, even if I hadn't read that comment, we would be sitting here thinking, well, she's still alive, so yeah. like, we know how Filoni works. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go 95 percent now, Andrew. <laughs> what were you before that information? <laughs> I'm like, uh, uh 40. <laughs> uh, I'll go 67 percent. Uh, I think it's you know, the, the, if the show requires a villain, I think at one point we gotta find out if if a Star Wars show needs a villain or if we can just go on for the ride. Like, you know, I mean, obviously it does, but Ahsoka's a weird character in terms of who would be i mean she's going after thrawn clearly right so i'm gonna go 67 yeah she's going after thrawn and he might be sort of like the villain of this big crossover which i'm really looking forward to i love that idea um but it would be nice to have a villain who's not just doing math all the time so and also somebody <laughs> that has some history with ahsoka because there is some beef there those two don't like each other anymore uh and i mean a lot of people have hurt Ahsoka Tano, but I think Barris is the only one that's still around to kind of, okay. ha- you know, have a rematch. So I'm going high too. I'm going 88%. Oh, wow. Brock going the highest. You excited him. And our final one today will we see a young Ben Solo on Disney Plus? Will we see little long haired Ben running around with a what color blue lightsaber saying uncle luke uncle luke help me look that's him throwing something will we see a young ben solo on disney plus 
the teaser for that episode is he's he's misbehaving and coloring on the walls and luke is like i don't like it when you color on the walls little ben and he's like but i do <laughs> and then it cuts to him sleeping and luke's over him with the lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> um no time frame right like just at no, some no, point just whenever you uh i'm gonna say 100 percent like yeah, I mean, why not? Of anything, if any of the characters that we see in the sequels return, I think he makes the most sense. He's the most fleshed out, and he's got this kind of, he can be a connecting with the old crew as well, right? Uh, but, I mean, we are so, we are the podcast where we just change our minds every five minutes, where it's just like, it's like uh we don't need old stuff uh, yeah. so yeah i don't know 100 <laughs> <laughs> percent. oh wow see i'm, double, I'm going double along full brock. <laughs> double full brock i'm going along the opposite highway of you brock even though we're almost wearing the same shirt um i think that of the big main characters that we you know met in the sequels i think kylo slash ben is the one that i am the most satisfied with what we've got like mm. I don't, I don't need to see any more Ben. I'm good. I feel like I've seen way more facets of him than I have of Finn and Ray and Poe. I want to see more of them. I feel like they got shortchanged the most. So I am good with Ben if I never see him again. But I think we will see a Whittle Ben run around. Was sorry, James. Was the question in the series specifically? Well, yeah, it would be Disney Plus, and then they said they won't be doing movies for Disney Plus. So yeah, a series, live action it has so to be live series. action also. A live action series. I'm going to say within 10 years, 43%. I don't know. Because I think they're going to be hesitant to cast a young Ben. So they might just forego it altogether. You well, know don't what forget, I mean? We saw a young, like, ah, if we can't get Adam. We saw a young Luke in Rebels. Never forget that. That's true. And we did see a young Luke in, you know, two weeks ago. Yes, we uh, so maybe, maybe they'll go that route. It might not be. I think the one thing that, that excited me the most about Luke being in it, other than it was Luke being in it, was that they was like, okay, they're not afraid to do anything. <laughs> like, we're just going to yeah. do it. And that I liked. I'm going to go full Brock on this. Because I feel like you could easily throw him into whatever because he's at that age right now. Especially in the Ahsoka Rangers Mandalorian Book of Fett timeline, he's right in there. I don't know how I don't know how you would get him to 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 enter in, you know what I mean? I mean Boba Fett trying to get revenge on Han Solo maybe and he comes and he kidnaps young Ben Solo. Oh my god. Uh I don't know how you would throw him in, but there are ways. So I'm gonna go full Brock on it because who knows? And uh they've proven to me over two seasons that i uh completely trust whatever ideas they have going for them so those are our odds for this week let us know what your odds are in the comments below brock do you have uh full page news today uh no well Not then good. guess what it's top, top five four. standing by no, it's no. I mean, I have something. I just don't no, have full. Play. I understand. Andrew's the one that's not used to this show. <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm trying to set myself up for the song. Are you ready? I'm ready. Last one of 2020. 
Hollow News. Da 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 da. Hollow News. Coronavirus. But in all seriousness, I hope everybody is safe. I'm muting my mic. Brock, take the news. All right, cool. There's no news, so I wrote a opinion piece. I can't wait. Andy Rooney. <clears throat> oh, exactly like Andy Rooney, actually. <laughs> Hollow News, the news you need to know right now. Due to a slow news week, Hollow News is going to premiere a new Hollow News segment. The segment is called Hollow News Hallucinations, where I give my off-the-cuff opinion on some new topic or intrigue that is hitting the news and try not to go off on a tangent. For the first episode of Hollow News Hallucinations, I want to talk about the new scandal with Pablo Hidalgo. The controversy began when Star Wars YouTube personality Star Wars Theory posted a video of himself reacting to the Mandalorian Season 2 finale. Twitter screenshots show Pablo Hidalgo reacting to the video saying, emotions are not for sharing. Hidalgo ended up deleting this tweet, but then it used then using it as his Twitter cover page. What followed was Star Wars Theory posting his outrage and countless Star Wars fans demanding that Hidalgo be fired from Lucasfilm. For those of you who don't know, Pablo Hidalgo is one of those key, st- uh, key Star Wars historians and quite often brought in to consult on Star Wars projects. If you look at his IMDb credits, he has been a part of every Star Wars project for the last decade, as well as the author of most of the visual dic- diction- uh, dictionaries. Think Dave Filoni, who doesn't sit in the director's chair. Now, I could just choose a side in this argument, and I'll be honest, I did happen to see the thumbnail for the original video from Star Wars Theory, which happens to be uh, himself in tears as he's watching this finale in The Mandalorian. And when I saw it, I rolled my eyes and kept scrolling, not because I think he's weak, but as a Kevin Smith fan, there's only so many videos of grown fanboys bawling because they have been moved by content that I can take before it gets too old. Taking taking aside is somewhat pointless, though. Star Wars Theory is completely entitled to posting whatever content they like, and perhaps Hidalgo could stop voicing opinions that could darken the public persona of Lucasfilm. But that's not the true problem at hand. Both sides are voicing opinions online, both sides are voicing very triggering opinions, and both sides have made decisions to put their unedited feelings online without gauging the outcome. Frankly, that is the whole point of a public forum on the internet, to provide a stage or virtual canyon to scream their thoughts to the void to hear. What I really want to address is where exactly the line of what is right or wrong to say on the internet, or more specifically, why do the huddled masses of social media feel like they need to demand blood for offhand tweets? Who is the antagonist in this argument? Star Wars Theories has the right to yell his outrage at Hidalgo, but he's a YouTuber. I'm sure he gets trolled all the time. We get trolled constantly on our videos, and we aren't even that YouTube famous by any means. But from what I can tell, his usual trolls don't get attacked to the point that other media outlets take notice. So what is the real slight here? The five words that Hidalgo said or the fact that he is a Lucasfilm employee that poked fun at an SW fan? Is this the internet just flexing its uh, united muscle? Sure, it gave us the Snyder Cut and a game-authentic Sonic re-edit, which is great for the fans, but the viewer now selfishly destroys the original content 
and we end up with the Snyder Cut in a game-authentic Sonic re-edit. Are those demanding Hidalgo's dismissal trying to stand up for Star Wars theories, or are they just trolling another troll? When does the demand for justice just become a pent-up desire to vent your internal frustration? This will probably blow over, or it will build up and latch onto another Star Wars drama down the road. Who knows? Star Wars fans are a volatile group and react strangely. Perhaps we need to be a little bit more sensitive about what we say and how it affects each other. Just trying to start a dialogue here, something that North American society really needs to practice more of. Let me know what you think in the comments below, because isn't that the whole point of this platform? And this has been your Hollow News. Well said, Brock Tholomew. I like that a lot. Well, like, there's so many weeks now, there's like no news. (laughs) It's just opinion pieces. So let's Mm. put out our own opinions. Uh, Uh, I don't think you think we'll get canceled. I think we've been canceled multiple times already. We're good. Oh, perfect. We're we're good to go. Uh, I have a lot of thoughts on that, but I'm going to leave them to myself because I also do not care. Top five. Because, yeah, I think think what you said was perfectly accurate. And uh, (laughs) what's the term? Is it snowflakes? Uh, Because we're all unique. No, because we all melt. Uh, top five New Year's resolution for the Grand Emperor Xi VP Palpatine. He's <laughs> heading into the year 2021. What are his top five New Year's resolutions? Uh, let us know in the comments below what you guys have. Uh, my number five co- uh, New Year's resolution for Xi VP is to find a way to cheat death. Again. <laughs> <laughs> Brock, my number five is similar. Upload your your uh, <laughs> your what would you call it? Your consciousness into some kind of robot, a dark trooper. There you go. Ooh. Andrew, oh. I uh, I didn't know what time period specific thing you meant. So I just, <laughs> oh, I just it's just GVP. Like, yeah, in his prime between three and four, living it up as the emperor. Uh, my number five is see more operas. Uh, you got to take in some more of the arts. I feel like he stopped doing that when he became emperor, which is shameful because as emperor, he would have more free time on his hands. So see more operas, dude. My number four, yoga. Just take up some yoga. Release. <laughs> Just yoga. take it. Take it up. It sounds too much like Yoda. <laughs> I refuse. Brock, your number four. Um... Just exfoliate more because you know uh, <laughs> lightning burns like that don't just get better. They you need to work on your canvas that is your face. <laughs> Wonderfully said. Uh, my number four is check in on the clones on Exegol uh, because you know when you commit to a project like that you commit to a project like that. You don't just buy a clone and keep it in a case because it's cute and show it off. You go, you feed it, you talk to it, you spend time with it. That's a commitment. Check in on your clones. Does anyone know why they use red spray paint on those stormtroopers? Which ones? They're the Sith troopers. troopers. Yeah, over Exegol. Yeah, you got me thinking about that. Why are they red? Uh, Action figures, man. (laughs) I like the 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 ones that were like the ones. Those guys that were on there with like they were black, but they had like the red trim. Those ones are cool. Yeah, yeah. but like red stormtroopers for no reason was kind of. Um, I always thought it was um, 
I really like the first order uniform that Rose steals. It's like a teal color. Yeah. I'm like, that's cool. The first order's got a little bit of class. They're not just in gray and black all the time. Yeah, only that one though. They should have been. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it should have been Praetorian guards uh, instead of Sith troopers. And yes, I'm not please. saying that because I love. I am saying that because I, my number three. <laughs> Uh, ask less people to kill him. Ah. Every time you die, he was like, "Kill me, strike me down." I'm like, stop it! Maybe don't do that, and you'll still live longer. I don't know. It's an it's an idea. <laughs> Rock, you're number three. I'm just saying that perhaps forty years before the Battle of Yavin, <laughs> he just takes a trip to Tatooine to get there first. <laughs> <laughs> That's not bad. Uh, Andrew? Well, if, if he's into kinky stuff in the bedroom, I can only imagine what it's like. Strike me down. <laughs> um, my number three is build a children's hospital on Naboo and use it as a front to find force-sensitive toddlers. Oh, not bad. Uh, you know, hide it under under a veneer of philanthropy, but uh, you know why he's really building it. I think Disney Plus is, like, they're listening to us right now and they're finding prequel shows ideas for this. <laughs> my number two and this is, I think this is one for a lot of uh, grandparents. Spend more time with his granddaughter. Get to know her a little bit. Yeah. His granddaughter's Ray. Years, yeah, his granddaughter's Ray. Especially 25 years in the future when she's Haley Atwell. Uh, <laughs> I'd watch that show. And Tom Cruise is GVP. Wait. No, that doesn't work. Brock, your number two? My number two goes hand in hand with my number three. Blow up Tatooine. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, but not while he's on it, right? Obi-Wan, Luke, pod racing. (laughs) Pod racing. (laughs) Andrew? My number two is learn another one of Vader's weaknesses so he can exploit it. Uh, Because Padme's dead. You know, find out something else. Maybe like Brock just brought up, maybe Vader is still a a closeted pod racing fan. (laughs) It would be a shame if anything were to happen to Malastare. <laughs> the inside of that like orb thing that he does, the, the, where he where he like uh, meditates, is just pictures of posters of pod racing. That's he's like, oh, so it, cool. It's <laughs> actually just the arcade of Star Wars Racer. <laughs> it comes over. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it closes and just as it closes, all you hear is like, <laughs> and they're off, young Anakin oh, Skywalker. <laughs> One of them is signed to Annie, my number one fan, Dale Andretti. The problem with the Boon to Eve classic is they just try to walk it in. <laughs> uh, who's uh, up? Where are we on right now? You're up, uh, number one, I think. My number one. Okay, my number one. Find a nice moisturizer. Brock was kind of oh, earlier. No. Just find some moisturizer cream. Maybe some Botox. You know, who knows? Just make it so you can, you're the emperor. Treat yourself. Brock, your number yeah. one. Uh, my number one is invest in laser-proof uh, <laughs> exhaust panel thing covers. <laughs> <laughs> because if they didn't do that, if they had covered it up, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Andrew. And my number one is along the lines of what James said earlier. Spend some time with his son. Because you know what? If he's in the good books with his son, he automatically, he's like the old man from Home Alone. You call your son, you get to see your granddaughter. And at the end of the day, I think that's what she wants, right? So just call your son, man. Yeah, but what if he won't talk to me? At least he'll know. 
Yeah. It's a good point. You never know until you try CVP. We have faith in you. Because mm-hmm. what the heck is Rogue Squadron going to be about if you're not the bad guy? We still don't know that guy, that guy's name, his son. Yeah, I hope, it's, I hope it's like Lil Sheev. Sheev Buscemi. Lil Sheev like Lil Archie. It's L-I-L apostrophe <laughs> Sheev. <laughs> we gotta go to the chocolate shop. Well, and we don't know anything. It was what. There's your. There's your show. It's, you know. Anyway, Jedi Hunter Ochi oh, was, was more than I want. This is 196th episode of the Rebel Scum Podcast, yeah. the last one, the last podcast of the year 2020. We have one more show for you guys this year. Uh, this year that will never end. It's like Lamb Chops play along. <laughs> Seems like just yesterday we were doing terrible, terrible trivia at lunch every day. <laughs> every day for like a month. And it was, you know, it got, it was a lot. It was fun though. It was fun hanging out with everybody at lunchtime. I was hoping we'd get endorsed by Cardinal at some point. Like the amount of how much we pushed that game. <laughs> I think they actually uh, didn't appreciate it. <laughs> they put yeah, they actually, I got several letters in the mail. That's why we stopped. <laughs> can, I, can I say something kind of mean? Yeah, I don't know. Judging by the quality of their products, I don't think Cardinal has money to endorse with. <laughs> Ouch. All right, 196 episodes of the Rebel Scum podcast. I'm James. We were joined now with uh, the uh, actual Sith Lord, Andrew Fantasia. And as always, Brock is here. Hi, Brock. Hi. You were always scum. Rebel Scum. Should all acquaintance be forgot and never brought to... You guys are going to chime in? Mind! <laughs> Happy New Year, everyone. Goodbye. Hey, scumbags. Thanks for watching. Don't forget to give us a thumbs up on our video. As always, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, Rebel Scum Podcast, for all the latest videos.